it's made me ask for help. It has made me learn how to take care of myself first. It has taught me how to have boundaries. It has taught me to love myself for myself and not for the things that I do or the accomplishments I have. It's ultimately made me become a completely different person. Welcome to the Silent Elephant Project podcast, where we have conversations with everyday people living with life-limiting health conditions. We are not claiming to be specialists, but we are offering a therapeutic space to build dialogue around marginalised health themes, giving you the opportunity to listen in. We hope you enjoy today's episode. If you have been following this Getting to Know Me series, you remember Cody from America, who I chatted to in March about how managing ME during pregnancy and a pandemic. We have now continued this conversation delving deeper into how she uses art as a support system, the love she has for her daughter, and how ME has kept her grounded but also allowed her to grow as a person. Art is one of the things I miss. It was a very movement-based practice for me. These large swaths of paint um, and really getting into a flow, moving my body, listening to music, painting. I struggle now to create art, the art I want to make. You know, and again, it's what I want to do is impossible with my limitations. My art was also very intellectual, the performances, the multimedia stuff, and my intelligence is inaccessible these days with the brain fog you know it's there yeah but you yeah. can't get to it art was never a catharsis for me it was a passion it was an intellectual passion it was kind of a way that i communicated my curiosity about ideas and concepts i would create art about things trying to express them in ineffable ways and my art always centered around consciousness and experience so that unfortunately has been on the back burner and I miss it as a creative person I think we all have certain needs as individuals sleep hunger food love these are all things we all have right but then I think we also have individual needs to be happy to build our well-being oh yeah and for creative people you have to make art or you get a little weird (laughs) (laughs) just you get kind of frustrated, you get pretty negative, yeah. you know, and yeah. and then you you make art and all of a sudden your soul lets out all the air it's been holding. You go, ah, okay, yeah. feel better. What motivates you? What motivates me as an individual is the fear of regret. Mm. I never want to regret anything. So I try and act in ways that ensure I will not regret my choices. I want to live truly, authentically. I want my existence to to make a difference, to enact positivity, you know, these these really wide angle things. Um, And now as a parent, my daughter motivates me. You know, it's interesting as a parent, this I did not expect. All of a sudden, since my daughter has been born, I'm thinking of legacy. 
and what happens when I die? And not, oh, what happens when I die, but what happens for her when I die? What am I going to give to her? And it's powerful, and it makes you feel small, but not unimportant small. Small in the way that looking at a glorious giant mountain makes you feel small. It makes you feel your place in the scheme of things, being a parent. I agree. <clears throat> I certainly agree. Um, you know, like I, I now experience emotions that I never thought of, <laughs> right? Yeah, I better play my part the best way I can, in a sense. And, uh, you know, this, you look at them, they're such innocent beings, and they're, they're blank canvas going to art. Blank canvas that, you know, there'll be some f layers of painting going on as time goes on. And then, of course, there's the world that's going to try to imprint the ideas on them. And then you've got your own way, you know, trying to make sure you protect them from that and imprint them ideas. It's an in interesting phase um, of being a parent. And obviously, um, having living with the Emmy, but it brings so much joy, and um, I definitely agree with what you've just shared because I can relate to that. Yeah, it's bittersweet. You know, my mm. daughter gives me so much joy. She gives me meaning and purpose, and she makes me feel seen. Like my illness oh. can't stop. My illness can't yeah. stop that can't stop me from being a mother it can alter the way i am a mother but it's not going to alter the love my child has for me what support systems do you have in place i think support is everything when it comes to emmy you need to learn how to ask for help you need to learn how to accept help you have to learn your limitations um, and you have to ask for help because you just can't do the things you want to do. I am very, very lucky that I can get out of bed. I am a mild, moderate on my bad days case. And there are people who can't ever get out of bed. There are people who can't hear noises at all. And I recognize how lucky I am that my case, although highly limiting and enormously depressing, is still very mild compared to what it could be. So even with a mild case, I need a ton of support. I cannot make money for our family in the ways that we need. I cannot watch my child in the ways that we need all the time. My support system is definitely my husband. My friends um, who understand, not all of them do. When I was no longer able to go out and do things and hang and speak to people, you know, I lost some friends there. Emmy is the great revealer. <laughs> it reveals to you what you need to change, who you need to change, what your daily life needs to change. It makes the rules. Mm -hmm. You don't get to be the boss. But my husband's amazing. He understands it's very challenging for him as well. My parents help me with the baby. They come over and watch her so my husband can work and I can teach. They really give that gift to me to be able to teach just so I have something in my life, even just two hours a week. Yeah. Emmy sucks. <laughs> <laughs> for people who don't have Emmy, I want them to listen and really suspend their beliefs and have compassion. I think of compassion as being able to feel for something even when you do not feel it. 
yourself. So if I think, what has Emmy given me? Well, it's made me ask for help. It has made me learn how to take care of myself first. It has taught me how to have boundaries. It has taught me to love myself for myself and not for the things that I do or the accomplishments I have. It's ultimately made me become a completely different person, really more of a whole person. You know, if you think of doing and being, I was a doer, I was never ever a beer. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't want to be. And Emmy has made me. I am a mindfulness teacher. And in my class, I talk to my students who are in middle school and high school about the silver lining, trying to find the positives behind every situation. And I lived with this illness for two years and never approached it that way. It's such an inspiration that, you know, you're still able to serve. You know, there you are still running classes, you know, the, the best way you can. There you are, you know, speaking to young people whom I'm sure as time goes on, they'll they'll learn to be yeah, self-aware and, you know, that mindfulness and be aware for you know your, your neighbor, you know, just as little as that. Be compassion to others and empathy, all those things. Um, but yeah, it's nice to, to still hear that, you know, you're doing those things and, you know, like you're doing the best way you can do it. So that's awesome. Thanks. <laughs> I always want to help. I want to give. I want to be of service in any way I can. It doesn't matter the situation. You're going to find a way to use it. Yeah, you find a way. You, you always There's always a way. For me, anybody that's available to come through and share their story, I know that it goes a long way. That means a lot, and I've seen it work in my life. And I always tend to do things that I know that have worked for me. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Um, I don't like to pretend. I don't like to, you know, make it all up and everything. There's no time for that. And with uh, with Emmy, I mean, I've got no time to be to be fake <laughs> in a sense. <laughs> Remember, we we're talking about, you know, hence the name Silent Elephant Project. It's the things that you know they're there, but people are not talking about. So we're giving them a platform and a voice. I still have moments where I ask myself, am I being lazy? You know, um, why is it like, why is it that I still can't do certain things? Do you know, just questioning yourself and knowing full well that either way I've got all these limitations, I guess I kind of come back, you know, to my senses. But then another thing as well is, you know, my wife is amazing. She can spot me when I'm, you know, drifting mentally, you know, I'll just be sat there and they should be like, what's up? You know, where have you gone? Look, I know that look. And then obviously I'll, I'll share where I went and you know, my, 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 my concerns and how I'm feeling, you know, when will this end and all those, you know, all those worries. At the end of the day, you know, I'm not perfect. And you know, I, I'm, I'm only human, but it, it also helps when somebody can still listen when I share, you know, my feelings. Uh, the whole situation is kind of overwhelming at times. But more than anything else, yeah, it's back to that support thing, support network, you know, the, the people who, who are there for you and just like, it, it's, it plays a big part, you know, it, it makes a big difference. How are you finding COVID-19? COVID has made the entire world experience life like someone with mild Emmy, moderate Emmy, mm -hmm. in, in a sense. The isolation mirrors Emmy, the 
inability to do things outside, go places, gather, mirrors Emmy. And in, a, in ways, it has actually supported folks with Emmy through different changes, like Zoom meetings. Mm-hmm. Working yep. from home yep. is something that many of us do have to do, myself included. Um, as a teacher online, I've been teaching through an online homeschool network for years now. But since COVID, many other schools have adopted this system. And it actually opens up my career in that sense a little more if I find the energy and want to expand upon that, which is nice. Telehealth is great for folks with ME. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, all your appointments over the phone, yeah. (laughs) That's been an an experience and a half. I shared in our previous podcast, and you know, the fact that having an underlying condition such as ME, you find yourself that, you know, you have to to shield you know, just to minimize the risk of catching COVID because you don't know, you know, um, how much of a double whammy that can be because COVID in itself, it says, you know, the effects that they're very, very serious. I certainly dislike that the pandemic is happening at all. The Mm. silver lining, albeit small, is that hopefully this puts more funding and research into ME and similar conditions because folks with COVID are now developing ME and similar conditions. Yeah. Which is awful. It's terrible. And I would never wish this upon another human being, but this may be the push into research that we need. I agree. And uh, I was, you know, I I did, I remember when there was an announcement here in the UK because of the rising numbers of people having long COVID and the symptoms being very similar to ME, um, there was, you know, those funding made available for further research, and a lot of people in the ME community they were happy in that. At least now there's funding to kind of investigate further because two illnesses they're so similar. And my doctor did say when I spoke with him, he said, you know, they they're now receiving people, you know, coming through who have long COVID, but obviously when they get through, then they get told, oh yeah, it's now ME. It's uh, and again, it gets you thinking, you know, how many more people are actually going to end up having ME? And of course, for the UK, we're talking about at the moment, pre-COVID, 250,000 people in the UK have ME, right? So now the question is, how much has, the, has that number changed? Likelihood is gone up, but we'll find out when they do the next, you know, survey and research regarding to that. But yeah, it just gets you thinking. It's really awful. I am so sorry for anyone mm-hmm. who's developed symptoms after COVID. Yeah. I had COVID myself. This was exceptionally frightening because of my symptoms. So mm-hmm. I also have POTS, which is comorbid with ME, um, which ultimately means that your blood doesn't come to the top of your body when you stand or when you're upright, mm-hmm. which causes a, a ton of different symptoms like fainting, dizziness, uh, oxygen deprivation to several organs. And that is also known to be appearing after COVID as well. So when I got COVID, I had pretty mild symptoms for several weeks. It was also terrifying with children having an infant. Luckily, Mm. they seem to have very mild, if any, symptoms at all. 
so scary. <laughs> yeah. And I did notice an increase in my symptoms after COVID. The POTS symptoms specifically, not so much the fatigue, which can be caused by POTS too, but mm -hmm. the tachycardia, the palpations, and erratic heart rate is worse now. So, you know, it's terrible, but the world is now shifting in a way that does support more functions, more lifestyle changes. Yeah, more research, and yeah, yeah, and research as well on top of that. Is there anything in particular you want to share or you want someone to take away from today? Have compassion for yourself. Have compassion for other people. If you suffer from ME, do what you need to do at the time you need to do it and listen to yourself. Listen to your body, not so much your mind. I don't think we should lose hope. Things are moving. Jen Brea and the Unrest documentary has helped things move her efforts and other people's efforts to draw awareness and research. Those are starting to move things. COVID is starting to move things. I think that we're going to get some more answers in the upcoming years. As, as you put it beautifully, you know, um, don't lose hope. And definitely, there definitely has been progress, um, even though it's been very small progress. In the grand scheme of things, it's better than nothing because things were worse off before. And, uh, you know, um, films, uh, the documentary such as Unrest uh, by Jen Bree, um, yeah, those are good examples of, you know, raising awareness and just getting people to know more about the illness. I think if you want to do anything with ME, you need support. Just mental support, social support. Support is everything. And ME, it loves community. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Let's see Emmy as a t-shirt just for a second. It's an exercise that I try to do to help me get out, to shake off that negativity, the sadness, the mourning. Let's just imagine Emmy is his amazing teacher in our lives. What is it teaching us? To take a moment, you know, to, to slow down, to, to be more aware of your environment, yourself, your surrounding. Um, that's how that's how I see it to be empathetic you know to just listen more talk less kind of thing and the classic word you know just just love you know love thyself love thy neighbor <laughs> you know and um, yeah be of positive you know like impact society as I like to put it yeah that's that's my take on it I can't help thinking of Emmy in terms of mindfulness and it's really it's a better teacher than I am. It doesn't let you do more than one thing at a time. No, it doesn't. You don't have the <laughs> bandwidth to have your attention spread. You need to focus on what you're doing. You need to be comfortable being and not doing. You need to get in touch with yourself and your body in a whole new level, whole new way. And understand your own needs. Understand your resources and when they are low. The irony here is not lost on me that I am a mindfulness teacher who is afflicted with this. You're not doing too bad in terms of um, going through the processes and, you know, trying to make it happen. But as we've, we've, we've talked about this before, it's, it's a journey. And, uh, you know, um, at least when you're looking forward to what's going on today, what's going on tomorrow, oh, what's, let me make it simple, you know, just bring it closer. That mindfulness you touched on, which is, you know, what's within me and who are those around me. 
Yeah, you do have to be completely aware of the activities you're doing, what drains your energy, or what gives you energy, the foods you're eating, what we put in or on our bodies. Sometimes I feel like Emmy takes care of me more than I've taken care of myself. Thank you for being a light in the Emmy fog and helping people connect because Emmy is so solitary that this is a beautiful thing. It's so hard for us to reach each other and you're bridging us and our experiences and that's so helpful. Thank you. No problem and thank you for, you know, taking part and playing your part as well. Thanks so much, Cody, for speaking with me on this Getting to Know Emmy series. The Silent Telephone Project wants to use more real stories like Cody's to raise awareness of these marginalized health conditions. If you live with or care for somebody with ME, please get in touch on social media at FresherBCIC.